you know, sometimes it feels like there's people that come to you with genuine intentions and they end up being a fuck boy. I don't care what the fuck they're saying in the first four to six weeks. Don't believe a word anybody fucking says because they could say that they are in love with you, but like they don't fucking know you. There's gender roles. There's, there's differences between men and women. There's things that women like that men don't like and there's things that men like that women don't like. And it's just the way that we are as creatures. We're fucking animals at the end of the day, right? There's a lot of men that know what they're doing when they aren't texting you. It's almost on purpose rather than, oh my God, I completely forgot about you. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I know I should have texted her, but maybe I'll give her a day because, you know, maybe I wanted her to squirm a little bit. If it's intimidating him, you're, you're dating the wrong person. If they, they are intimidated by your success, they do not deserve you. everyone to Diary of an Empath. My next guest is Chris Nappy. He's known for his hilarious and sometimes raw dating advice on Instagram and an impressive over 1 million followers on TikTok. He's also known, I can't believe I'm about to say this, he's known as the healer of all daddy issues and the host of Nappy and Jay. <laughs> Did I get it right? Yes. Pretty much. No, that is Pretty accurate. Much. I actually, no, I actually just updated a text. I was like, you know, maybe that's a little too harsh. <laughs> I was like, maybe healer of daddy issues is a lot. I want to get it correctly. So I'm going to say it healer of all daddy issues. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your background and how did you even get into giving dating advice to women? I'm really curious as to how this all unfolded for you. So I would say like historically throughout my whole life, I've always been somebody that people have gone to for advice. And I know you probably hear that a lot from people like, oh man, I'm the person that, you know, is like the mom or like the dad of the group. But like, no, seriously, like you don't understand. Like I, I would say in high school, I wasn't somebody that I probably got a lot of girls at the time. I was actually one of these people that like really didn't. And I was actually somebody who was like, oh my God, obsessed with just trying to understand the opposite sex and just obsessed with like helping people with their relationships because I, I couldn't find myself in one for some reason. I don't know what it was, but again, it just, I happened to just be that person that again, because I wasn't able to like kind of get women on my own, I guess at that time, like my freshman, sophomore year of high school, very specific, by the way, it was just one of those things where like, I kind of just became the person that people would go to for their advice and problems. And it would be both sides. Like I was in the middle of the friend group between the women and the men. So I was always getting like hearing it from both ends. And I was always just trying to understand and listen and just, you know, help other people out because I personally wasn't involved, you know, fast forward another 10, 15 years and I've completely worked on myself and, and whatever else, but I've always held on to that kind of role within like my friend groups and just with the people around me. And I think, I don't know what it is, but it, it feels like a, a naturally uh, or natural, like almost like God given gift that I have between just understanding what two people are trying to say to each other and communicate. So I, I also have a, a master's in um, business management. And one thing I, I feel like I did, I, I worked at a very like big corporate company doing uh, consulting work and something that I feel like I've always excelled at regardless of it's dating or business or whatever, is just being able to connect with people, being able to understand what people want and desire and being able to just kind of play on those things when it comes to communicating to them. And it would be a crazy to see because again, even in a dating scenario or a business scenario, whatever it may be, whenever two people are having a conversation, I feel like I could just tell what each side is kind of wants and I'm able to kind of connect the dots. So I don't know if it was just like that 
you know, experience from just hearing so many stories and so many problems from so many different people. Um, and of course that evolving on TikTok and and whatever else I ended up doing dating coaching as well. And, but again, just, just all that experience that comes from being able to understand what a person wants or what a person needs, I think is really the core of, of why I feel like I'm good at giving advice and also being able to articulate it to different people as well. Right. Cause it's one thing, like, I, I think one thing with dating advice is, you know, sometimes it feels like we all know what the right answer is, right? It's like, it's not that we don't know. Sometimes it almost can seem like common sense, but getting somebody to actually mentally make the change or, or mentally make the leap to get over somebody, that is a way different uh, skill entirely. Being able to articulate that to somebody and get them to understand why they need to accept something or understand why they need to change and actually make the change, I think is where, again, I also feel like I excel. You'd make a great therapist. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just threw a lot at you right now. I literally, I'm the same way as you are. Like I've always been able to really be the neutral person and see both sides. Well, I can understand this side or I can understand that side. I've always been really good with communicating. But when it comes to my own dating life, my own dating life has always been shit. And I think... I think too, because I'm so good at seeing through the bullshit, I'm so good at seeing people for, you know, I don't see the mask. I'm usually able to really see past the mask. And I guess in a way that's always been very self-protective, but you're probably an empath because empaths were just super in tuned with body language and tones of voice. We're able to kind of see through the bullshit of even a facade that someone's putting up. Do you feel like you've, you kind of resonate with what being an empath is? I mean, absolutely. You know, I I feel like just like the core of my my job, which right now I guess is being on TikTok or being on social media, is being able to relate and understand people. I mean, that's that's really the core of what it is: is just understanding other people's thoughts, desires, needs, and being able to kind of listen and play off of that. And I also think it's it's not even just being able to see what other people want, but just I think the other key for me too is just being so self aware about what my desires are, just being so self-aware about my flaws and being like, okay. And, and being able to, to judge myself in a neutral fashion, right? Like, like as a man, I know there's certain times where, you know, I'm doing something that's wrong, but it feels like, you know, I, my body's just telling me to do it. Right. It's like, it's horniness or something. Right. I'm not going to sit here and lie to people. <laughs> I, I know exactly the way I'm feeling. Like my body sometimes is telling me something. And, and again, it's just like being so like, just, just bluntly honest with yourself. I, I feel like just that has helped me a lot in terms of my advice too, because I'm like, man, I know how it truly feels, you know, sometimes to be a man in, in some of these situations. And then again, just putting myself in the shoes of, of, of women, again, the empath aspect of like understanding what they desire and what they feel. And again, just connecting those two, two dots together, essentially. Okay. So what do you feel like is the primary issue with dating in this generation? I think the hardest part is probably the variety and and social media more than anything else. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. you you would take it back in the day, right? Like the proximity, like your dating pool, it it was just based on like proximity, right? It's like all the people in your town or your neighborhood or that you remembered their phone number or some shit. But like now it's like, you know, if I wanted to fucking DM Kim Kardashian right now, I, I can go to her Instagram, hit message, and send her a fucking voice note right now. And if she sees it, you got a shot. There you go, right? And, and that's what I'm saying is that, like, you know, today it's like you have unlimited access and there's just so much, so many people and so much information out there. It's just an overload of choices. And I think it makes it very difficult for people to settle down, you know, nowadays. And I feel like, you know, there, there's so many new types of dating now. It's like ethical, like non-monogamy where people are just like, you know, 
I just, I don't want to commit to one person. I'm okay with, you know, functioning on my own and, you know, being able to have multiple partners and not getting that deep with somebody. Um, and I think just kind of that thinking is, is kind of being pushed more in our generation. And, and again, we're in the age of social media. We're in the age to unlimited access where, you know, everybody's available in a swipe. You're on dating apps and you're just going left and right, left and right, left and right. It, it never used to be like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's so different now where it's like, again, you kind of have to just, it's just very difficult to find that one partner that's going to look at you and put you on that pedestal while they do the same for you. Finding that equal value person is just so difficult because again, there, there's just so many different options where you're like, oh man, if they really like me, like, am I really sure about this? Do I really want to commit to this person? Because, you know, I got Sally over here and I've got Jessica over here and they're both really cool too. And I think it just makes it very difficult when you have just such an overload of options to, to make choice like that or, or to, to kind of get that commitment. So I think for, at least from a man's perspective, honestly, I feel like a, a guy really needs to be in that place mentally to, to be ready for a commitment. And I just think that that window is getting a little bit shorter or smaller than it used to be in the past. Facts. It is really hard. And and you're right. Yeah. We live in a swipe left, swipe right generation. There's a lot of options. It's really easy to go from one to the next. But for me, I don't know. I don't know if it's like Orlando where I live. I feel like there's no options. I'll be, <laughs> I'm like, nope. Nope, like my thumbs have arthritis from swiping because I'm like the quality out there now is just so it's shit. So, but I, I agree. I think social media has completely changed the game. And I respect anybody who says, hey, you know what? I don't want to be in a relationship right now as long as you're up front. But I think a lot of people sometimes too, they come forward with these really genuine intentions. That's what at least they perceive to have, right? But then they end up being what we mm -hmm. call fuckboys or they end up being assholes, women too. <laughs> so we see red flags all the time, right? But a lot of people choose to ignore them. And I see a lot of times on your post that you yep. post sometimes about like red flags to look out for. So let's talk about that. What are some red flags that you say like, hey, if you see this, run, run the other way. Side note, did you guys know that I'm not only a therapist, but I'm also a professional tarot reader? It's not exactly me hovering over a crystal ball telling your future. It's a tool to connect with your guides and your higher self to help you in certain areas of your life. Tarot genuinely changed my life and it can potentially change yours too. Click on the link in this podcast for more info. Okay, back to the podcast. So before I get into that question, I actually want to, I want to comment on something you just said right now, which is, you know, sometimes it feels like there's people that come to you with genuine intentions and they end up being a fuck boy. Now I want to put the brakes on that for a second because I, I want, I want people to understand it this way too. Like it, it could be possible that that person might have genuine intentions, but here's the thing. A lot of people forget that in dating, it takes a little bit of time to understand who somebody is. And, and there's this idea that because somebody told me they have genuine intentions and then they ended up leaving me or they ended up, you know, uh, not wanting me that they're a fuck boy. But I, I want to pause you because at the same time, what if that person did have genuine intentions? What if they did truly try to like meet you and understand you and then thought to themselves after a month or two of hanging out with you, Hey, you're cool, but this isn't what I want. And, and that's the thing is that a, a person coming to you directly, like, let's say if it's on the first date, the first week, the first couple months, and they're saying, Oh, I love you. You're the best. You're amazing. Let me tell you something. They don't know you. They don't, they don't know you yet. I don't care who, what the fuck they're saying in the first four to six weeks. Don't believe a word anybody fucking says. Cause they could say that they are in right. love with you, but like, they don't fucking know you. They, it, 
a person is, is, is their behaviors, it's their habits. And you cannot see that until you've actually hung out with them a lot. So if, you know, again, if you're hearing, oh my God, you're so amazing. I'm really looking for a relationship, whatever. Just pump the brakes in your mind. Say, okay, you know what? I, I know this guy is telling me that, but let's give it some time before we we give him that crown, right? Because at the end of the day, he could leave me in two months. He could think I'm, I'm a piece of garbage in two months, whatever it is. Maybe I'm not a piece of garbage, but you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like a lot of the times we get caught up in those words like that. that I, again, I think people are genuinely looking for something, right? But again, we, we do have this overload of options. And again, you, you don't know exactly what each person is looking for directly. So I, I just, I don't want to get into this. Like, again, everybody's an asshole because they mm -hmm. left me after two months and it seemed like they were wanting to do the right thing. Cause it's possible that they did. And they just truly just didn't like the vibe, or maybe they weren't as attracted to you as they thought that they were. Um, and, and it just happens in dating. And I, and I just want to just like say that before we jump into this next question. We have this like fantasy of Hollywood says that this is what love looks like. It's an, it's intense. It's quick. It's amazing. But really like if somebody is coming to you and they're love bombing you on that point, yeah, pump the brakes because that to me is not genuine at all. And I agree. I do think that there are times exactly. when somebody can come off really interested and then you get to know that person and you're like, maybe this person is incompatible. My issue is when you can't communicate those needs or you can't communicate those things to say mm -hmm. like, hey, you know what? I think you're a cool person, but I don't think there's an attraction there. I think a lot of people are afraid to communicate or they're afraid of having uncomfortable conversations. So for me, as just personally, in my opinion, that's where I have a problem because at the end of the day, you're going to meet people that you're not compatible with. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that the other person's a bad person. But if you can't at least communicate those needs or you don't have like the capabilities of having a conversation, that that to me is a red flag. But for you, what are some red yep. flags in dating? I think you named one. When when you hear someone love bombing like that, to me, that's a red flag. So what are your thoughts on, on some yep. other red flags that might happen? Man, I want to go to this question, but you got me again with the things that you're saying over here. So before <laughs> before we jump into that, I, I want to talk about personal responsibility. Go and it's something it. you just talked about right right now, which is like, you know, you know, your problem is is that, you know, these people don't communicate those things to you. It's like, all right, take responsibility for, you know, the way that you feel and just communicate, "Hey, listen, this isn't for me. Um I appreciate you spending this time with me." I, I think we have a really large problem and, and in general, and this is 90% of humans of taking that personal responsibility because it's the harder thing to do. It's easier Absolutely. to ghost. It's easier to let somebody get off the hook and not fucking tell them because you're right. You don't want to have that conversation. But then I'm going to say, hey, listen, look, look, look around you. Like some of these people, they, they don't take personal responsibility for the things in their own life. You know what I mean? They, they don't take personal responsibility for their own career. They don't take personal responsibility for their own relationships and job. What makes you think they're going to do that for you now? You know what I mean? In, in, in their in their dating. So so I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? If someone's doing that, I'm just going to. You know, I, I know it sucks and I, I'm going to sit here and complain about it. But at the end of the day, I know what it is. I know you can, you don't have the ability to do that. So I'm going to let you go. But let's get into the uh, the red flags a little bit. So, yeah, love bombing for me is definitely a big deal. Um, you know, you, you just got to be careful. I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. Like I sometimes I'm like that. Just I feel like a guys in general, we are more prone to that than I think sometimes girls are, to be honest. Um, and, and I think the reason that that is, is you know, for a guy, I, I would say our first step is sometimes isn't to determine our feelings. It's actually to get you to like us first. And once we okay. get you to like us, then we're going to be like, okay, wait, do we like her? 
like this? Yes or no? Because sometimes that's what happens. Like slowly we get into like this, you know, relationship with this girl and we're like, we're telling her we're like, we're hanging out every day. And then we're like, oh shit, wait a minute. Do I, do I really want to do this? Do I really want a commitment? Do I really want to, you know what I mean? And that's the problem with love bombing is that means that that person is going fat. Like they're speaking faster than their feelings are actually working. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So a big red flag, because again, you might get confused by our effort and our action. Meanwhile, we don't really know how we truly feel. So uh, definitely a big red flag there. I feel like that happens a lot. I feel like, especially with men, they throw out all these, like, you know, I've had personally, I've had that happen a lot. And I'm just like, wait, like, hold on. And then it's like the questions start to happen. Well, okay, are you ready for a serious relationship? Then it's like, wait, oh, shit, am I? And then it's yep. like, you you get scared. I'm like, well, you're the one that started talking about this. But now when I'm asking you the hard questions, because I'm interviewing you to see, well, maybe let me see if this person is a good being a compatible match for me. And then they get scared. I'm just like, well, figure the figure the fuck out. What do you want? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I think that's the hard part is that, you know, and this way, I, I guess I tell people or women, especially is, you know, take the time to get to know them and, and, and don't listen to that. You know what I mean? Don't listen to, to the love bombing bullshit. Like you, you almost kind of have to just remind yourself like, okay, again, you know, how long have I known this person? I don't really know them. They don't really know me. Let's, let's keep hanging out. I'm not going to even put pressure on the situation because the reality is, is I'm just really trying to understand who they are. You know what I mean? How do you even know you like him to that degree yet too? That's what I would say too, to a woman, like you're going to tell me after a month and a half, two months, like, you know, I, I, was just talking to this girl and she was younger. So to me, this is more relevant when it comes to younger women versus older. I I find that older women are are a lot more, uh, are a lot better at this, but, but this girl, you know, after like a week was like, Oh my God, I love you. Like, you know, I really want to be with you. And like, don't get me wrong. She stayed consistent throughout the three, four months that we were talking, but to be at those types of feelings that fast to me is a red flag because I'm like, you don't love me. You don't know me. You know what I mean? You you don't know my habits. You haven't seen me day to day. You don't you don't know me when I'm down. You only know me when I'm up. You only know me when we've gone to dinner the the handful of times. So I, I don't want to hear that. You know what I mean? I don't. And again, like you said, it's from both sides. Um, in a way, it's just again, you, you guys don't know each other enough to make that determination. But in, in terms of like I would say other red flags, the biggest thing for me, I, I'd say any type of flakiness, like you said, the lack of personal responsibility and communication. Hey, if you're not going to make it somewhere, basic communication. Hey, sorry, I'm not going to make it today. Let's make a follow-up plan and let's do this. And I also think that's a big deal too. If someone misses out on a plan or something like that, A, I need to see that they communicated to you beforehand that they weren't going to make it. And then B, that they're the person that is going to make the next plan. That's my yes. rule. Like you got to be the person like that is, oh, you know, hey, this didn't work out for me. Here's the, here's the other option, right? If they're not doing those things, to me, they don't really care that much, right? Because if they don't, they don't communicate to you first off that they're not showing up or that they're not down or they just leave you MIA one day. That's to me, that's an automatic dunzo because it's just showing your lack of care for my time. You know what I mean? Automatically off the jump. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do that with a friend, right? If a friend that's just right. completely just didn't say anything to you, you probably wouldn't care. But what, why is it because somebody you're attracted to, you're going to give them a second chance for what? You know what I mean? And then, and then you're showing them that it's okay. You know what I mean? That's the worst part is by feeding into it and then at, you know, going to hang out with them the second time or whatever, you're going to get burned eventually. But again, I, I just, I'm not a fan of that. But the biggest one for me is any sort of lying. Like at the end of the day, that, that to me is truly my biggest red flag. My, my biggest ever is any sort of lying and especially any sort of, of hiding 
or or doubling down on a lie. Like, let's say you lied about something, you know, whatever. Sometimes people lie about small things and it's okay. But again, are you apologizing and taking responsibility for the things that you've fucked up on or or the mistake you made? Because there's a lot of people in life that will lie and will continue to lie even when you've caught them. And that to me is like the worst type of person ever. And I, cause you could never ever look at them in the face and trust that what they're saying is truthful. Cause you're always going right. to be questioning yourself. So if you're dealing with a partner like that in general, to me, you're stuck. You were stuck in a hole with somebody that again, that, that to me is so much anxiety that I don't even want to be in a, a relationship or even a friendship with that type of person. I can see it on your face. It's like, oh, I don't want to do it. We Ugh. teach people how to treat us. We do. We teach people how to treat us. So when you continue to allow the behavior, you're telling that person, it's okay to treat me like this. And so when you see these red flags, like don't ignore them in the beginning. And you hit the nail on the head, man. When somebody's lying to you and I'm, I'm talking a blatant lie, and then they gaslight you to make it seem like it's you're crazy or altering your reality, that is the biggest red flag ever. I want to tell everyone listening, if this is happening to you, run the other way if you can. Obviously, there are some situations, yep. abusive situations, things like that. We're not talking about that. But if it's a situation where you can leave, leave. Um, you went on a podcast. We have a mutual uh, acquaintance, Coco. And mm. one thing that when she came on my podcast, we talked about who should pay on the first date. And I found this so interesting that when I posted about this, it was such a big controversy. I'm like, to me, I was just shocked because I'm like, that just to me is like, I, if a guy invites me on a date, I think he should pay. And there were so many people that were so offended by this, like men deserve free meals too. So I want to know from your perspective, from a man's perspective, who should pay on the first date? Listen, I, I always say this is my thing. I'm like, I'm glad other men feel that way because I'm like, it just puts me at such an advantage. Like, it's so simple. It's too, <laughs> how, like, come on. This to me, it, like you said, I, I feel like, okay, so I think the one problem is, is like in today's society, we have just such a, uh, a deep yearning for this equality and like equality on every aspect of life. Like everything needs to be even for every single person, no matter what. And I'm like, they're, they're just in nature, you know, there, there's gender roles. There's, there's differences between men and, and women. There's things that women like that men don't like. And there's things that men like that women don't like. And it's just the way that we are as creatures. We're fucking animals at the end of the day. Right. So, so that's the thing. It's like, to me, like when you're screaming, like I want free meals, I'm like, to me, that's just a lame take. It's just a lame take. At the end of the day, if you're inviting a woman out to go on a date, to me, it's respectful to to pay. And honestly, I'd probably pay for some girlfriends just just because. You know what I mean? That that's just the type of person that that I am. But again, to me, it's good masculine energy to pay yes. on the first date. I know a lot of women that probably would not like a guy that would just sat there and was like, oh, I don't really know. To me, you're you're almost kind of showing the girl that in a weird way. Like you're like only like half interested or not interested if you don't really pay. And I know it sounds stupid, right? Because again, you're going to hear a lot of men be like, oh, this is unfair. But at the end of the day, I feel like this is just kind of like those, those weird gender role norms that we kind of have in our society. I think it's normal. And that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's one of those things where, again, as a man, you should be all up in arms about the free meal bullshit because there's things on the other end that I feel like maybe um, a woman might do for a man versus that a man wouldn't do for a woman. And I feel like to me, th that's just one of those things is just culturally, traditionally, you know, you pay on the first date. And to me in general, like even just paying in general in a relationship, 
my rule is like, you know, three to one, or it's like, kind of like, I'm going to pay for majority of stuff, but you know, when we get ice cream, hold me down. Or like, you know, you're going to bring me coffee or, you know, you're coming over and you're going to grab food. You know, you're not going to, you know, shackle me for money. Right. Because every single time we go out to dinner, I'm going to be the one that pays whatever it is. So I guess you just kind of have to find whatever works between you and your partner. I don't think again, that it makes a guy automatically a piece of shit because he doesn't pay. But to me, again, that that's just to me showing a, a feminine energy if you don't do that, to be honest. I agree. So, yeah, I think I'm a little bit more old school with certain things. Like, I'm very, very capable of paying for my meal. I'm very independent. Yeah. I'm very financially secure. But I am one of those women that I am turned off if a man was expecting me to even go half. For me, I've never been in that situation, though. Every date that I've ever been on, I think it's pretty clear even beforehand because I don't usually just date to date. There's usually been some conversations and then I have genuine yeah. interest. I'm not going for just like, oh, let me go out to get a free meal. I think that's where the difference is. I think if you're really interested in somebody, you've had a few conversations, you've established a connection. You know, most of the time, I think that I've never had that issue. But if a guy did not pay on the first date, I probably would be a little turned off. One post that I saw that you made that I found really interesting that you said how sometimes somebody's best quality can end up being the thing that becomes unattractive. And I think the example that you used is is women who have really firm boundaries and, you know, to say like, I don't do this or these are my expectations that can end up being the same thing that ends up being unattractive to a man. Tell me a little bit about what you meant by that. So it was less about women having firm boundaries and that being unattractive. It's the way that women communicate their firm boundaries as being unattractive. And I think that's the thing that I think a lot, like some women can work on. Like I said, I think her best quality is having the firm boundaries, you know, being uh, self-confident, very self-assured about what you want, what you're looking for. That's fine. I think to me, that's highly attractive. I think that's the way people, you're going to be a, a girl that somebody is going to date and commit to because you're committed to getting that serious relationship and you're not fucking around with guys that are not not giving you that right but at the same time you know right when you first meet people i think it's it's important to communicate your boundaries but it, remember this is what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast where it's like you know those first couple weeks you don't really know that person yet. You're really not at the point yet where I feel like you even want to make a determination whether you want to be with that person or not. So just going into a first date, just screaming or, you know, making it so like firm, like I'm looking for something serious. And like, you're just, you're being very, um, I don't, uh, abrasive about your boundaries to me is not the right approach because I, I think you also kind of want to show a side of you where I'm like, you know what? I'm also your friend. And I'm also just trying to get to know you as well. And I think that is really important and something that we miss because again, everybody's so fucking firm on these boundaries, which is fine. And again, I think that's amazing, but you got to be the one to determine if that person fits within your boundaries, again, worthy of your time. It's not, it shouldn't be that you're demanding it immediately of the man that you're meeting and you're just kind of like screaming it at him. And then he's just sitting there just like, I was just trying to have some fun and get to know you and see what happens. But like, this seems like a lot for me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like you could mm -hmm. pass up on a guy that again is like, again, maybe he just wants to like maybe get to know you and whatever. So the example I give or the way that I um, like to explain this is, is kind of like, how do you communicate to somebody you want a serious relationship? Oh, hey, listen, I'm dating right now. I'm comfortable being single, but I am looking for the right person to be serious with. And saying something like that is just so simple. It doesn't sound like I'm being fucking insane or angry or anything like that. And I think that's the difference. It's like, 
you don't want to sit there and seem like you're this like uptight asshole. You know what I mean? Because you could give off that vibe if you have these strong boundaries and, you know, communicate it in a way that's just a little bit digestible versus something that's very abrasive, like really being very serious. Seems like, uh, like, I guess, abrasive with the way that you're, you're announcing your boundaries to a man. I don't know if you've had problems with that. No. So (laughs) no, luckily I think I'm more on the other side where I am, I'm very clear with my boundaries, but in a healthy way to communicate them to say like, and that was actually, you answered one of my questions because one of my questions was going to be, you know, a lot of women that are looking and men that are looking for a serious relationship. One of their questions is always, well, when do I say that? And my take on that is to say it right away, but there it's in how you say it. You know, for me, you know, I can, Mm. if I'm going on a date with a guy or if I'm getting to know somebody, my question to him is like, so where are you at in your, in your dating life right now? Are you looking to date casually? Are you looking for more of a serious relationship? And I leave it up to him to kind of answer that question. And if he asks me the same, I just say, you know, I'm in a place in my life that I am I'm looking for somebody to share my life with and I'm looking for the right person. And I think that I'm open to what comes and I am ready for something like that. And I'm in a really healthy place in my life right now. And I try to make it a little bit more about yes. me and not necessarily demanding, well, this person has to have this and he has to have that. And I'm not doing this no more because that exactly. is just like you have this wall up. And like when you're like punching blows at somebody and those are it's verbal, emotional blows, even if you don't realize that to somebody else, it's kind of like, okay, this is way too much energy for me right now. And this is a little Mm -hmm. much and they're going to want to back away. But I also find personally that I've gone through situations where I am kind of more calm, cool and collected, but then the communication style is not up to par with mine. So like, for example, I am the type of communicator that I do when I'm getting to know someone, I do like to talk to them. I do like to, hey, how's your day going? You know, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? It doesn't have to be all day, every day. But what is a good amount of communication to know that a man is interested in you? Because a lot of people, they question this like, oh, the dates are great. When I'm with him in person, everything is amazing. But then he dips out for two weeks and I don't hear from him. I'm confused. I don't know if he's interested. What do you say on that? Okay. To me, two weeks seems like a lot of time in between, right? But I do feel like people need to be patient at the beginning. There is like a cool, I would say like a warm up period in terms of the communication. You kind of have to let it grow naturally. And, and the best way to describe it is like, think about when you meet a new friend, right? It's the same exact thing. When you meet a new friend, let's say you you met somebody at an event or just like a, a coworker that you're like, you know what? This person's pretty cool. I kind of want to hang out with them. It's not like you're fucking texting that person every second of the day from the jump, right? It's not like that. You don't you don't jump right into that. It's kind of like, oh, we hang out. And then, you know, we ask, oh, you know, when's the next time I'm going to see you? All right, next Thursday. Okay, sounds good. See you next Thursday. See you the next Thursday. And then you guys share something in person. Then they text you the one time in between and you're like, oh, you know, that was so fun when we did this. Yeah, we, we should do it again. And then you like hang out again. And then it's like, okay, now I'm texting like a good amount in between the hangouts. And that's the way you have to visualize it when you're in a relationship too. It's not going to just off the bat be, I'm going to text you every second. Some people are like that. Don't get me wrong. Some people are like that. But me personally, I'm not jumping right into texting you every single second of the day, especially early on in the relationship. It's just, 
I, I don't, again, I'm, I'm warming up to you and I want to see if I'm going to get to that point. And I, I kind of want it to be natural, right? Like that's the thing when you meet those friends, it just happens, right? You know, you don't just start texting that person that the day you meet them, right? It's, it's kind of like, oh, we hung out, we hung out, we hung out. Oh shit. We have a lot of similar interests, you know? Oh, wow. You know, I, I realized that now we're hanging out a lot and now I am FaceTiming you. Now I am texting you a lot more. Um, and I feel like you kind of have to have this like natural buildup to it, but to, I guess, answer this question, I do want to see that the communication is getting more frequent over time. Mm -hmm. So it, it can't be something where like, again, you hang out, you don't hear from him for two weeks, you hang out, you don't hear from him for two weeks. You know, if it's the first time, fine, I'm going to let that rock. But if you're three months in, two months in, and it's still two weeks between, to me, that's weird. To me, there's no progress being made. Where's the progress, you know, at that point? Mm -hmm. But again, do I think that there needs to be a, a warm-up time to that time of you guys texting doo -doo 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 every single day? Yes, I really do, right? I don't, I don't think it should just be jumping right into that. I mean, but albeit again, I, I do think that there should be, a, you should see a trend of it increasing over time. And if it's not doing that, that to me is where I start getting a little weird. I was just talking to a few of my girlfriends and we literally were talking about this, how there's nothing sexier than a man that knows how to communicate because it's, it's like a unicorn. <laughs> it's literally like a fucking unicorn. I find that, and I'm not saying, I know this is a blanket statement. I'm trying not to you know, put all men in one category, but a lot of people just don't know how to fucking communicate. Like it's so simple to just be like, Hey, just wanted to check and see how your day was going. I got a busy day. I'll try to call you as soon as I can. Like even little things like that. I just feel like there's such a lack of effort in dating these days. I find that I know I'm going to catch some flack for this, but I find that men are lazy. I feel like a lot of men just don't put in the effort to just do simple things to get to know somebody. I mean, you can't you can't see if someone's compatible if you don't actually make the effort to get to know them. And if it's like if it's not for me, if it's not going anywhere within 2 to 3 weeks in terms of not relationship, just in terms of like actual effort to say, "Hey, I would love to see you again." Just simple. And a lot of times I find that that doesn't happen and then I just wipe my hands clean I'm like, "Yeah, no more. I'm not reaching out." So let me uh, let me give you a, a different perspective on that as well. So okay. I do I agree with you entirely? Yes, I, I think that there could be better communication, right? But here's the thing: as a man, it's one of those things where sometimes we like the fact that you are sitting there worried about that. Sometimes, as a man, we like the fact that you're sitting there thinking about whether we should text you or not. Because guess what? The guys that are sitting there texting you every second of the day are the ones you're not attracted to. You know what I mean? The problem is, is we've been built and kind of told by women, if you over text or if you're too clingy, then, you know, we're not going to like you, right? If you show too much effort, then it's too much. So I think the problem is, is like finding that balance between being able to communicate well and not coming off as a fucking simp, I guess, in 2022. <laughs> and I think that's the hard part is like, you know, we, we kind of almost want to have this, you know, look or, or this appearance as if we are so busy and that we can't text you because we also know that in a weird way, y'all are attracted to that. You guys are attracted to the man that doesn't give you the time of day. And so, so it's finding that balance between kind of getting you to get on the hook a little bit and also communicating well is, is definitely a, a hard thing to do as a man. But again, I, I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of men that know what they're doing when they aren't texting you. It's almost on purpose rather than, oh, my God, I completely forgot about you. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I know I should have texted her, but maybe I'll give her a day because, you know, maybe I wanted her to squirm a little bit. 
I want the simp. I want the person that texts me every day. You want you honestly, <laughs> I, I the difference is is I'm healthy. I'm ready. I have self-awareness. I yes. have self-insight. I know what I want. And I want the man who communicates with me. And I'm gonna communicate that. I will match effort. But if it's not being given to me, yeah. then I don't I don't want games. That's just me personally. Like I, I guess I'm a unicorn. I don't want any games. I want the person who reaches out, who says how he's feeling, who's texting. And guess what? If I'm not interested, I'm gonna say that and I want the same thing back. And I think that just communication styles and dating is so difficult. So when it comes to men and emotions, because let's just be honest, there is a stigma that men are not as emotional as women. And I think that's bullshit. I think men are just as capable of having strong emotions, just like women are, but maybe show it different because of societal norms or you know what they were told, just like you said, that this is the way you're supposed to be with dating and, and relationships. Do you feel like it takes men longer mm to establish emotions than women do? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, to be honest, I really do. I, I really do. I I think it takes us a little while to to make the commitments in our hearts to a woman, to be honest. Like, I really do. Like, it takes a lot of thought. Like, it, it, you know, you're thinking about it more than you're feeling it. I think men in general are, are less emotional than women. I feel like that's just natural. Again, you know, we, we want to call this everything is equal, but I, I don't, I really don't think it is. Because for me, you know, a lot of my dating sometimes is not like emotionally. I think a lot of that almost stems from thought. A lot of it almost stems from like, do I think this person is is pushing me forward? Is she making me a better partner? And a lot of those things aren't necessarily emotional feelings. They're actually more logical feelings, right? And I guess that doesn't even make sense, logical feelings. But that's exactly how I would best describe it for a man sometimes is, you know, there's a lot of times where. I don't think we're just leading with just our emotion or feelings. I think we're leading with logic and then letting our emotions follow the logic, if that makes sense. So I think that that's why you kind of have this delay is because, again, we are not necessarily sometimes thinking, you know, with our feelings. We're thinking with our mind and with our dick. So that's usually what's happening <laughs> first. And then the emotional stuff kind of comes <laughs> afterwards like, okay, wait a minute, I actually do like hanging out with this girl. This is, this girl's actually pretty cool. Like what the fuck? Like I didn't even realize, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's almost like it like catches us like at random. Um, and I, and I think it takes a, like men a little bit longer to process our feelings than women. I, I could have sworn I, I heard this on like TikTok. So I don't know how fucking true it is, but um, <laughs> it, it's one of those things where men just in general needs, like we process our emotions differently than women, how like kind of women process them almost in the moment and they're leading with their emotions. Whereas like men, it might take us a couple days to a couple weeks to fully feel some shit. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it like, Let's just say, okay, there is, I'll, I'll give you one specific situation where I was coaching this woman and I think she was um, in her, I think she just turned 30 or something like that. The guy that she was dating was, I think, pushing 40 or something around there. They got into a big falling out and they get into a really big fight. He says that he doesn't want to be in this relationship anymore. She's too controlling or, or something along those lines. Um, but she was on the phone with me telling me like, I don't understand. Like, I felt like we were such a good couple. Like, I really felt like things were really great. You know, we both have kids and you know, everybody got along and I just don't understand what really happened. I feel like I just hit his boil, like his, his breaking point. He just lost his mind. And she's like, I don't know what to do. Like, should I contact him? Should I go no contact? Like, where do I go from here? I'm like, at the end of the day, he's the person that told you he didn't want to be with you and he separated with you. I was like, to be honest, I think you shouldn't contact him at all. I think you got to let him do what he needs to do. We 
pretty much came up with a plan that she's not going to reach out to him and contact him. She's like, you know, they already had a conversation where she went over. I was like, the, the only way you're going to have a conversation between you and this man is if it happens naturally, let's say you bump into him in the street. But I was like, you can't be the first one to reach out because he's the one who said he wanted this space or that he didn't want to be with you. And again, in my, in my opinion, if somebody says that to you, it's their responsibility mm -hmm. to make up for what it is. Right. She goes no contact. She's like, it's really difficult. She's like, I wanted to text you. I wanted to text him. She's like, I just didn't. After 11 days, he sends her a text. He's like, I've been a mess. I'm so fucking sorry. Like this, that, and the other thing. And he pretty much like came back and they've been together. Like I think ever since, but I think and that's what I was trying to say is sometimes it takes a man not having you for a little while to be able to actually feel the feelings. Like I just broke up with a girl like three or four weeks ago. The first time I had like an anxious sleep where I was like, fuck, did I make the right decision? Was two or three weeks after we had broken up the first two or three weeks, I'm all happy. Things are great. And then that's what I'm saying. Sometimes as a guy, it, it, it doesn't hit you until a couple of weeks later, something like happens. And you're like, fuck, you know, did I make the right decision? Did I do the thing that I was supposed to do? I don't really know. And again, I think this goes back to the whole theory that it, it does take longer for a man to process. It does take longer for a man to understand his feelings um, because we do just react sometimes very just like off the cuff or, or in the moment. Sometimes, you know, men are like dogs with shiny objects. It's like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, look over there. Like, I want to go touch that. You know, it's really pretty. <laughs> we don't actually make the determination of our feelings uh, very quickly. I think men, there are distinct differences with men and women. And, you know, again, I know not everybody is different. It's subjective. But, you know, for me, I know I am very emotional. So, but I have this self-awareness and, and insight about myself. For example, I cannot just have sex with somebody. I'm not that type of person mm. because I form emotional, intimate attachments when I start to actually like someone. And then you throw in sex in the mix, then it's like a recipe for emotional connections for me. So for me, I know I can't do those things. And I've done it in the past. And then that person turned out to be not who I thought they were. And then my little heart got hurt. So I can't do those things. There are some people who do, they, they don't associate sex with emotions and they can, they can have that disconnect, especially when it comes to men. My question to you is if you have a connection with somebody, let's say it's the first or second date, mm -hmm. it's early, right? You just met this person, bomb connection, yep. you know, you guys have fun together and you end up having sex with the person. Does having sex early on change a man's perspective on if this person is a potential match in a relationship? I think it's actually a, a more about what you're saying. And, and what I mean by that is this. Women do get, I always say nine out of 10 women, if you have sober sex with them, they're going to be in love with you. You know, that's just my theory. I'm like, if they, if they, <laughs> you know, as long as it's not a drunk hookup and they're, you guys are both consenting and it's sober. Like you more than likely that girl's going to fall in love with you if the sex is not terrible. But here's my thing with the sex early on. I, I feel like you should be able to do whatever you want. I think if you're trying to actually be with a guy long term and you really like him, I do really think that you should take a little bit more time to get to know him before you actually do that. Um, because I think you're setting a precedent to him that a, you're not just for everybody. Right. You know what I mean? Whatever. I guess that sounds kind of stupid because at the end of the day, if you want to have sex with him, I don't think there's anything wrong. Um, you know, cause I've dated girls where we've slept in the first 20 minutes of meeting. And I've also dated girls where, you know, it was three weeks after, but I think it's actually less about the timing of sex and more about the way that a woman handles herself after the sex, because you can't really? think to yourself now that I've had sex with, yes, I, I think 
you know, you can't think to yourself after you have sex with a man, like, oh my God, he's got it in the bag, right? You have to almost still represent and look at yourself as a prize, regardless if you've had sex with him or not. Mm -hmm. Yes, you've had sex with him once. Doesn't mean you're going to do it again, though. Doesn't mean if he if he mm -hmm. acts up or he does something that you don't like, doesn't mean you're you're coming right back to his bed. And I think that's a lot of things like, again, where you said where it's like you form that emotional connection very fast. And that's the problem. Again, you get into those feelings, you get into those emotions, you start allowing little bullshit to happen. You start talking Bingo. wild because like now you you're going to start love bombing because you've had sex. And now it's like, oh, my God, I love you so much. You're the love of my life. I'm like, holy shit. What the fuck? This girl is crazy. You know what I mean? But if a girl had <laughs> sex with me and then just still acted normal. Right. She was just like, hey, you know, see you next week. I'm like, oh, OK. Like, yeah, this is you know, this is plain Jane. Like, you know, what I mean, this feels just like I'm getting to know somebody still. That to me is like, again, where the difference is, it's like I'm still going to hold you in a high regard whether you've had sex with me or not at that point, right? Because at that point, it doesn't matter. And at the end of the day, if you have sex with him and he doesn't want to be with you after that, it is what it is. It's part of it. Like, wh who cares what's one more on your body count? I, I never understood that. Why, why do you fucking feel bad? We, I know you don't want to have sex with people where there's no meaning, you know, but at the end of the day, if that's the case, then maybe you should have waited if that's truly how you feel deep down. But at the end of the day, usually I find it's less about the girl not wanting to have sex and more her feeling bad for the fact that she had sex with somebody that didn't want her again. And yeah, it sucks. It's a shitty feeling, right? But at the same time, too, you're making that choice to be there and be in that room and do that with him. So don't be mad if it doesn't turn out to be that way. Because, again, like we said at the beginning of this podcast, he still doesn't know you. You know what I mean? You guys don't know each other yet. So you're, you're trusting somebody that you don't know their intentions. At the end of the day, if you have sex with them, you are putting your trust into somebody. So that's why I think you need to let that idea go that if you have sex with somebody that, like, I don't know, that they owe you something. You know, I, I hate that. I hate that feeling. Cause again, it takes two to tango, right? You, you, it, you made that decision too. So you don't blame the man for, for having sex with you and then maybe not being there for you. Yeah. You know what? If he fucking, you know, gave you the run around, act like he cared about you a lot and then did that. Yeah. It fucking sucks. But at the end of the day, you avoided someone and whatever you had sex one time. It is what it is. Are we, are we really going to sit here and be that fucking crazy and upset about that? Come on. You know what I mean? That that's it, my it's 2022. Thing. Yeah, no, I think you're right. We're we're in an age where I think that if you want to have sex, you do it safely and you know that's your business. Yeah. And I think it again, it comes with that level of insight because I personally, I know myself. I'm almost 37. I know the type of I know what I'm looking for and I know what I don't want right now. I don't mm -hmm. want a casual hookup, right? I also know that if I like somebody and that sex gets involved, I tend to get a little bit more e emotional and sometimes emotions can cloud judgment, especially when you don't know someone yes. and that's when you start letting little things slide. So having that self-awareness for me, I know that, okay, I can't have sex with somebody right away. I need to take a little bit more time to get to know them to see if I'm compatible. I'm not saying I'm going to wait six months because I like to test the car before yeah. I buy it, but I'm yes. not going to do it right away <laughs> because I don't want to get like emotional and then he, he doesn't, he doesn't hit me up as much or maybe some, and then I start getting in my feelings and then I start overthinking and fuck that. I want control over my emotions. I want to be more logical about the partner that I pick. So I think you have to know your limits. You need to know what kind of person you are, but if you can have sex and you just want to enjoy yourself and you can detach a little bit, go for it. We're not saying to do that. Right. So I, I totally agree on that. I was going to say one point to that too, is the other thing about waiting. And here's my thing about like, if you wait to have sex, like again, like you said, if you could detach yourself, fine, great, do it. It's not like there's a hard and fast rule, but I'll tell you one fact. If you wait, you will see 
what guys truly want to be with you or not. You know what I mean? Who, what guy is going to take you on five dates without fucking if they just want to fuck? I'm telling mm-hmm. you, 90% will give up before the fifth or sixth date. They don't want to do that anymore. Very if true. I just want to have sex with a girl, I'm just like, you know, I'm going to give her the first date. I'll give her the second. And then I'm like, okay, this third one, like, come on. Like, I better get it now. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm just looking for it, I'm like, oh, I better get it now. And if she still isn't put out, I'm like, fuck. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. If I'm just trying to fuck, I'm wasting all my money. You know what I mean? Like there's, this is too much effort, you know, for me to just only fuck. So that's the luxury of waiting too, is you will weed out guys that just want to fuck you because at the end of the day, they're not going to put in all that effort for a girl. that just want to fuck. That's right. That's a great point because yeah, some, they might be, if they really want the pee. I I was recently went on a date with a guy and you know, we had a conversation really quick and I said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm waiting until I meet a person who I think that will be compatible in terms of a relationship. I'm just not looking for somebody mm. to just sleep with. Never heard from him again. And that was yeah. great. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for doing that because you literally just saved me, you know, three or four more dates. Now I don't have to get ready. And, you know, he weeded himself out. So, you know, I was thankful that that happened real quick and I weeded him out real quick. I tend to be, like I said, a very independent woman and um, I've, you know, I've built what I have. I'm a two-time homeowner. I travel a lot. You know, I've built, I was in the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. um, I worked in the prison system. So, you know, for me having like a lot of that background and a lot of that, yeah, (laughs) that masculine type of energy (laughs) as well, I find some guys, not all, but I do find that some men are intimidated by those qualities. Do you feel like that's something that's attractive or do you feel like being super independent can be something that intimidates men? Here's my thing. If it's intimidating him, you're, you're dating the wrong person. You're weeding them out just by that. You know what I mean? If they, they are intimidated by your success, they do not deserve you. That's number one. You know what I mean? Like off the bat, they don't. You know what I mean? If they're sitting there like, oh my God, you make more money. I'm like, you're an insecure little bitch. You know what I mean? Like, no offense. You, yeah, you, you don't deserve a woman like me. I'll see you later. You know what I mean? That That's the way I, you're weeding yourself out, you know, at that point. So yes, do I think some men get intimidated? Yes. But if they're getting intimidated, you don't want to be with that guy anyways. So I, I don't even waste your time with a guy that's intimidated by you because, because, you know, in a weird way, it's like, I've always seen like some of those guys that are intimidated by these girls and these girls like kind of hang around a, you start to stoop to their level. You start to, you start to push yourself down to, to meet somebody because you just want to be in a relationship, which I I don't get, but I I understand, you know, you want to be in a relationship that bad, but what's crazy is you will stoop yourself down. And if you push them up and they get up and they get above you, see you later, you know, they're going to fucking peace out on you. That's what I've realized about some of these guys that are intimidated by that. It's just like they're they might be looking as as that of a way for for you to kind of come down to them, save them, right? Like, oh, I'm just a bum. You don't want to be with a bum. And then the girl's like, I could save you. And then they save him. And then he's like, oh, you saved me. See you later. Thanks. I'm going to go hang out with this girl. She's pretty hot. She's at the bar. And now I have some money. So I, I appreciate you. I'm not dealing with that. Yeah. I think having standards is okay because, you know, a lot of people, I see mixed reactions on this. Some people are like, oh, well, you know, that's unrealistic, especially on a lot of Coco's posts that I see. And I, I love following her post too, because for those that don't know who she is, Coco Beauty, she's like the queen of high standards. And some, I don't agree with everything. And, and I think it's some things are subjective, but I do agree with having high standards in terms of I can have those standards because that is the standards that I provide for myself. 
So if I have certain standards within my own life, those are my standards for anybody who is entering my space and entering my energy because I don't want to subject myself to lowering my standards or changing my life because you're not there yet. So for me, yes, if I say I want a man that has a certain income, it's because I have a certain lifestyle that I'm used to with my own income. I like to travel. Traveling is so important to me. So I want a man who not only can afford to travel, but is open-minded to be able to travel. Mm. I have certain standards with I like to you know, go to certain places or I like to go hiking. I like to do certain things. There's a certain way that I like to be treated. But that's because that's how I treat myself. I have that relationship yes. with myself and I'm, and I'm totally not saying that, you know, I have like, I'm better than all, all of these other people. No, it took work. It took a lot of years of like self-awareness and self-insight and I'm still learning about myself, but I have those standards with other men that I expect because that's the relationship I have for myself. And I weed a lot of them out. And to be honest with you, majority of people, obviously I'm still single. They don't meet those standards. So I keep it moving, but I'm a hell of a lot fucking happier by myself. And I'm totally not one of those women that says, Oh, I don't need no man. That's toxic. I want a man. Men need women. Women need men. We need each other. Um, I do want a man. I do feel like I do need a man in my life. But until that happens, I just want to wait for the right time. And I guess that's what I would say for other women out there. What would be your one piece of advice to give to women when it comes to dating or if they're struggling with dating and relationships? What advice would you say would be the best thing for them? Man, there's so many things. at the end of the day, you, okay, this way I put it, finding the love of your life is the hardest thing you will ever do in your life. It is fucking difficult. Just like think about the amount of people that you've gone on dates with and the amount of people that you've probably in your mind said to yourself, I could date this guy. It's probably, you know, 10 or whatever it is. It's not a high number. And there's so many guys you've probably dated in your life. Now, all those people that you've liked to that degree, guess what? that person has to think the exact same thing about you. So it's like trying to hit the jackpot twice. You thinking that they're that dope (laughs) and them thinking that you're that dope. You know what I mean? It's a very difficult thing to do to find somebody where, where, again, the values are equal, the sense of humor. Of course, there's going to be things where you're going to have to potentially compromise on. I mean, you made one mention about like income level. It's not that you're saying that you need to make $80,000 and if you make 70, you know, you're done though, right? It's not like that. It's like, no, can you just afford to keep up with me somewhat? I don't care if I make more money than you, right? Just just be able to, mm-hmm. you know, keep up with me. Like, don't, you know what I mean? Don't be lagging behind. I'm not, I'm not dealing with the bum that's on the street. You know what I mean? It, yes. It's just little things like that, right? Where you're not having like, the strict, strict standards. Again, it's just, are they hitting these points that are, that are important to you? But again, it's fucking difficult. And, and I just don't want people to just kind of give up on love and just say, fuck it. Like, yeah, you don't need someone ever. Cause at the end of the day, I, I really do feel like what you're doing right now, which is very fucking difficult, which is saying no to like, you know, decent or good and waiting for great. At the end of the day, it's going to come. At the end of the day, there's going to become a point where you will find somebody that will meet that criteria eventually, but you hanging on to the wrong things will be the quickest way you do not. You know what I mean? You cannot allow the right thing to come into your life if the wrong thing is in the way. And there's too many people that sit here in these bullshit, crappy relationships. I think dating is way, it's less about like, again, just 
I guess finding the right partner is more about actually getting rid of the shitty partners. That's what the true skill in dating is, is it identifying something that isn't good for you and being able to move on and give other people a chance. You need to be able to be open and have this opportunity for people to come into your life and give you that opportunity or you're not going to find what you're looking for because you're holding on to the wrong thing. So to me, the biggest piece of advice I can give you is do exactly what you're doing. Be patient, right? The best things in life, be patient. It's going to feel so good when it happens and it's going to happen. I promise you it's going to happen. But again, do not allow these crappy things or these crappy relationships or these people that are not it stay in your life and preoccupy your time. At the end of the day, your entire life is all about energy and all of your energy is your attention. You have a limited amount of energy and a limited amount of attention on this earth. You cannot be giving it to the wrong things and the wrong people because again, it's just an absolute waste of that. And to be honest, all of that energy and attention, you could be using to make yourself a more attractive partner to give yourself even more options than you already even have now. And eventually at that point, if you're working hard enough to keep that attention and that focus on building yourself up, someone's gonna come along and say, holy fuck, this person is a rock star. You know what I mean? They're hardworking. They're everything that I'm really looking for in my life. And they will select you as a partner because again, you will just become undeniable. You'll become undeniable because you have done the work. Like you said, you have done the work to make yourself that fucking dope of a person. And, and to me, it's just only a matter of time. I'm going to need you to be like my affirmations in the morning. <laughs> I think I'm going to replay this episode <laughs> and this is going to be my morning affirmations. Like, yes, you are that dope. You are a fucking rock star. You're going to find him. Yes. I, and I, yeah. I, I think that that advice is so, so on point because if you imagine being in a room full of toxic people, that room is going to get filled up. And if you don't make space for healthy yep. people, you're not going to be able to allow them into your life. So I, I love that analogy. And you are just, you're first of all, you're hilarious, but you're very insightful and very intelligent. And um, I think that a lot of the advice that you gave was very spot on. And so um, I'm going to take all these nuggets of wisdom, even for my own life. So, you know, just thank you so much for your time and your energy. And I appreciate just tell everybody where they can find you and maybe anything that you're working on right now. And I'll also link everything, but I want everybody to follow you because your advice is just hilarious and it's so spot on for everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, okay. My Instagram or TikTok, whatever is confidence, Chris, just look me up on there. You could find whatever. I also do a podcast nappy and J it's not as insightful as the information we're talking about here. It's a comedy podcast. So it's usually just me speaking my mind about the women I'm sleeping with or, you know, the things I've done in my day. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's definitely a certain nuggets in there like we we it's it's a it's a great mixture like you said of, of you know comedy and just like bullshitting and then we get into the hard stuff you know what i mean it's just like one moment we're talking about you know taking a shit and then the next moment we're talking about our deepest darkest fears so you know it's it just it's it is everywhere um it's a really good podcast though it's nappy and jay you can look it up it's on all platforms youtube instagram um tiktok whatever um but yeah no hopefully i'm just on a couple more podcasts here i've got a, a couple different ones coming up um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Just trying to spread the good word in, in a way, you know what I mean? Cause I just want everybody to be happy and, uh, you know, be themselves. Right. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me too. Is like uh, so many people, we, we live in like this, like weird feeling that we have to be something to be something in this society. It sounds very strange, but I really want to enforce the people that, you know, and, and just by being it or existing like it, living as an example of someone that is just truly 
himself and just truly not afraid to be exactly who I am. And because when you live it with that congruency in your life and, and you're just so honest about the shit that you like and the stuff that you want, life just becomes so much easier and just becomes so much more fun. And you start attracting the right people that are supposed to be in your life. And I think that's the hard part for a lot of people is again, we want these partners or we want these things, right? And, and what we end up doing is we try to morph ourselves to like fit in with a certain group of people or do this certain thing. And I'm like, no, just like truly find and listen to your heart. Like what's that little voice in your head saying to you? Like, what do you really like? What do you really want? What really makes you happy? Do the shit out of that. And I guarantee you the right things, the right people are going to come into your life. I don't know how that, you know, went from socials to, to that again, but I don't know. I guess I'm on the energy drink. It's I'm in a different world. I right love now. it. No, I love that. It's, it's so, it's such solid advice and no, you, I, I, I love your authenticity and just being unapologetic for being yourself and, and your energy is very contagious. So I love it. I don't know if it's the bang or maybe it's just you, but love it. So yeah, I'll link everything for everyone. <laughs> I'll link everything for everyone to find you. So again, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate you. No, thank you so much for having me. Um, you were amazing.